to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Hey everybody, I'm going to speak down here this morning. Is that okay? Just so I can be closer to you because I love you. I hope you guys have had a great Christmas and in between Christmas and New Year kind of time and you guys are the ones who haven't gone on holidays. So who, who's going to head on holidays kind of in the new year? A few people. Who's heading down south? Very nice. Who's heading overseas? Ah, a few people are gallivanting around the countryside. Well, I've got to get serious right now because a shocking and terrible thing happened to me a couple of weeks ago. An item that had a very special place in my heart was literally torn from me. An article of clothing that had been with me through many ups and downs, through many family adventures, through many trips to the Pilbara. Speaking of the Pilbara, we have some of our C3 Jigalong crew uh, here with us. Give us a wave, Donnell and her family. Donnell is an incredible leader at C3 Jigalong. Uh, and so they would have seen this item of clothing on many occasions. Uh, and they were comfortable. They were stylish. But most importantly, they were slimming. <laughs> Amen. Especially at this time of the year. Uh, they were also worn and very faded. But they were my favourite shorts. R.I.P. Does anyone have a favourite T-shirt, a favourite pair of shorts, and maybe someone in your family has told you on many occasions, you need to throw that out? And you're like, yeah, no worries. And you even maybe pretend to go to the bin, but then you like, you know, hide them and so you can wear them again. And then your family member goes, I thought you threw that. Yeah, I just have two of those. When I think about this moment of of my favourite shorts being torn from me, they never really had a, had a chance. Now, on this fateful day, Harrison, my son, and I were helping great friends of ours, Pastor Matt and Susie, move house, move into their first purchased home. And I encourage you to have a chat to them when they're back from leave about that miracle story. That is an amazing story. But they'd done the right thing. And so when we arrived, most of the things had been packed, put away in boxes and most of the things were ready to kind of put straight onto the van. And most of it went without a hitch. But on our last load, we just filled up the van. We were ready to drive to their new home. And I stepped up onto the ledge of the van. It was probably about this high. Let's see if I can do it now. No, I better not. These jeans are a bit newer. (laughs) But that would be a story, wouldn't it? Pastor Rip's jeans. Current affair. Um, And I heard, I don't know whether I heard the violent ripping sound first or whether I felt the breeze on my upper thigh, but I knew right away. You know when you just know straight away something's happened and it was over for my beloved shorts. I took a photo, of course, because that's what you do, and I sent it to my wife because... She always loves it when things like this happen to me. (laughs) Like when I park in a really tight space at a car park and then I, for the life of me, can't actually get out of the door. (laughs) 
She loves it. She loves, I feel like, you know, when I trip over something, I feel like I'm kind of here on the planet just for my wife's amusement. And you can see her shoulders kind of going up and down right now because she's just having a good old laugh. Now that photo is not fit for public viewing. It's not coming up on the screen behind me. Don't. Just, just don't. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Imagine if Karen had kind of, yeah, anyway, that would have been... But Karen can attest, you can ask her afterwards, to the fact that the shorts were totally shredded. And now they rest on top of a garbage heap somewhere in landfill heaven. Rest in peace. Now these shorts came to an end. They came to an end of their give. They came to an end of their stretch, of their flexibility. And I ask myself, I I go back and, and replay that day over and over again. If only I'd worn newer shorts. If I'd worn newer shorts, would something different have happened? Of course, because newer shorts, they're made of new fabric and they have a lot more stretch in them. They have a lot more give in them. And as shorts and other articles of clothing, they get used and they get washed over and over again. Their their give, their stretch, their flexibility diminishes. And then it's only a matter of time before what happened to me happens to some other poor soul out there. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but it's inevitable when new things become old. Now, speaking of old and new, we are about to leave a year 365 days old and head into a new year, day one of 2024. A new year, new beginnings, new opportunities, new challenges. And in a broader spiritual way as we've journeyed through this year, through 2023, we as a team and and as a church community have sensed, we've got this sense in the spirit that there is a new day dawning beyond calendar years, that God is doing a new thing. God is doing something in our midst that is unprecedented and wonderful in character. There's a a new deeper connection with God being opened up to us. There's new wine of God's presence and power being poured out upon us. There are new ways to engage with God through the Bible, through prayer and discipleship community. There are new things that God is speaking and showing. There are new postures for us to position ourselves in order that we can be transformed And we can be a witness of His glory. A new day is coming. God is doing something new as He awakens, as He refreshes, as He renews His church, His people. He is bringing us out of a a season of exile, out of slavery, out of mediocrity, from settling for comfort, from old shame, guilt. Legalism, old limited attitudes and mindsets from small perspectives that we've had of God, we've had of ourselves and we've had of others. And He is bringing us out of the old and into the new. In the last couple of years since COVID, I've been drawn to the book of Isaiah in the Bible. I've gone through the 66 chapters three or four times. I remember really steering clear of this book because it just felt so doom and gloomy. It's so harrowing, so depressive, but so much of what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to his people back then resonates with us today. And as 
His people, He's calling as He called them to a new day, He's calling us to a new day. Littered throughout the prophetic book are the complementary themes of judgment and restoration, disobedience and rebellion of the old being dealt with and the new divine acts of salvation and restoration being anticipated. And here's one such scripture, Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. This is what the Lord says. Who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down, they do not rise again, they are extinguished, put out like a wick. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now, it's coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Wild animals, jackals and ostriches will honour me because I provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself will declare my praise. In 2023, God has been preparing us for a new thing, a new day. And I get the sense that 2024, as we step into a brand new year, there will be a continuation of this season, this time of preparation. He's preparing us for a new day, a new day of freedom, greater freedom from sin, from fear, from insecurity, from shame. He's bringing us out from those things in order for us to step into freedom to humbly serve Him and others in love. He's preparing us for a new day of prayer, postures of surrender, of contending, of spirit empowering. As God grows in us muscles on wait, of waiting on, waiting for and waiting with Him. He's preparing us for a, a new day of unity. Unity as His church as the people of God, for the sake of His glory and the sake of the wider community. And as the new comes, there's more. There's more for us. We will see things that we have not seen before. We will see things that have not been contained in the past. We will see Him and His kingdom coming in ways we never have before that will bring Him greater glory on this planet like never before. And this is part of a great big picture, a grand design that's way bigger than us, that's way bigger than our life. Just like we read in Isaiah 43, how Isaiah alludes to the exodus the coming out of Egypt to point to the remnant, to encourage the remnant returning from exile. The returning exiles are used to point to the coming of the King, the coming of Jesus and His kingdom, which would then be advanced by His church. Theologian, pastor and Protestant reformer John Calvin suggests that this prophecy in Isaiah 43 certainly does extend beyond the return of the exilic remnant to inhabit the promised land around 700 BC. It extends to the kingdom of Christ. And this then points to the culmination of everything in Revelation 21, where the Apostle John is given a vision of the new creation in the future. 
And the astonishing thing is that the very same language that John uses in Revelation 21 is the very language that Isaiah uses in chapters 65 and 66. Let's read Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and He will live with them. They will be His peoples and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Who's looking forward to that day? Death will be no more. Who's looking forward to that day? Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Each new day, each new season, each new thing that God is bringing and doing is continually pointing to the new heaven and new earth day, which is the ultimate day. And so wonderful is God's future for us. That all past days, no matter how grand they have been, no matter how amazing they have been, they shall be forgotten in comparison. Each new day in the future will eclipse the old and will capture our undivided and prolonged attention because what is promised in the future will be infinitely more glorious than what has been. So my encouragement today is that eyes would be lifted. Eyes would be lifted today. The hearts would be filled today. The hope, hope, hope would embody you as you finish this old year and step into a brand new year. Because what our God has promised, we can hold on to with trust and assurance. Because surely our God is faithful. Our God is a faithful, faithful God. And in order for us to pay attention to the new day, to the new thing that God is doing in our midst and to prepare and posture us for it, it requires discernment. It requires perception. Look, can you not see? What God is doing, this new day that He's bringing. Look, can you not perceive it? It requires discernment. It requires wisdom from us. It requires surrender and repentance as we lay down our agenda, our idea of the future and surrender it to Him. And it requires boldness to trust Him, to trust that He is faithful. And over the next few weeks, we're going to lean into this new day theme into what it means for us and how we can position ourselves in this season of preparation. Looking forward to my incredible wife preaching next week. She's excited. No photos up on the screen, all right? So how does the story of the ripped shorts fit in with this new day? You may be asking. 
Well, it doesn't. Let's move on. Uh, Well, in the Gospels, Jesus, the one who brings the new, is constantly interrogated about why he and his disciples did certain things or didn't do certain things, didn't follow the strict code of the Jewish faith. And we read one such account in Matthew 9, 14. Then John's disciples came to him saying, so this is John the Baptist, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? This is unfair. (laughs) I want to eat. Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the skins burst, the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. For us to prepare for and step into the new, it's vital that we have discernment and wisdom to let go of the old. Just as old and worn shorts can tear because there's no longer any give, an old wineskin, even furniture that looks good, it can burst, it can spill new wine poured into it because it's stretched to its limit. And it's vital that as we prepare for this new day, the new thing that God is doing in our very midst, the new wine that is being poured out, that we acknowledge and deal with the old, that we let go of what can't contain the new and that requires discernment and wisdom. I'm not talking about savvy, human savvy. I'm not talking about human knowledge. I'm talking about a heavenly discernment, a heavenly wisdom that can only be received from God alone. I'm not... And when I'm talking about the old and letting go of the old, I'm not talking about embracing progressive Christianity. I'm not going to unpack what that means, but you can look it up. That attempts to live out the kingdom without the king on the throne. A faith that is watered down and panders to society. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about throwing away tradition and doctrine and spiritual practices for the sake of it. But a discerning of the old, maybe moving past a... A surface level, outward appearance of Christianity in order that we can take a hold of this new, deeper relationship with Him. Let go of the old wineskins of merely a church-going culture. Mark Sayers in Reappearing Church defines the churchgoer. Those who attend but are living out of a dead orthodoxy or a faith that is merely a Christian veneer on a thoroughly secular worldview or cultural Christians or those who consume rather than contribute wholeheartedly to God's missions within the world. This is challenging, isn't it? The people questioning Jesus, what they were doing was they were holding on to additional non-Mosaic law rituals that had only increased in importance over the years. Rituals like fasting twice a week as a way to appear holy. The, The focus was on appearance of holiness of doing the right thing. And Jesus was all for fasting. Just go back a little bit to to Matthew 6 and the Sermon on the Mount. He talks all about it, but he, he says that when we fast, don't look like you're fasting. 
don't appear to be fasting when you're actually fasting. Because fasting is about an internal process, an internal transformation that God is doing for us on the inside. Jesus here is offending the Pharisee's sense of propriety. He's deliberately challenging and superseding their outmoded understanding of the will of God. He's highlighting to them that relationship with God, an intimate, real, deep relationship with God trumps ritual and regulations. These things, rituals and regulations and and just rocking up to church, it can't contain the new thing that God wants to do in you, in us, in the people of God. The new wine that he's, He's pouring out can't contain it. The way of coming to God and living for God was being recreated right in front of these people's eyes in the person of Jesus. What does the wine, the new wineskin look like? It may look like in humility and surrender, letting go of pride and control like never before. We've touched on that. To embrace intimacy and relationship with God, a deeper relationship. He wants a deeper relationship with all of us. Letting go of old ways of doing things that have been for appearance. And that could look like moving on from a past revelation, a past encounter, a past golden age of our Christian experience that may be limiting the very new thing that God is wanting to do for us now and in the future. Moving past a church-going culture to fully embrace the mystery, the uniqueness, the challenge and the adventure of, of being Christians, of being called out ones, beloved sons and daughters of God. Mark Sayers calls these people those who are deeply devoted and faithful. Their discipleship is at the core of their being. And Jesus explains in His answer in Matthew 9, the new and the old, they can't coexist. Holding on to the old will limit the new from being fully embraced in our day. And so what if preparation for this new day God is calling us to includes more time of waiting on Him in silence, establishing Sabbath in our worlds, times of solitude, Times of audacious, faith-filled prayers that are both liturgical as well as spontaneous. Of powerful Holy Spirit-led outpourings of gifts and miracles. Of seasons of allowing God access to our pain and our trauma and our wounds from the past. In order that He can tend to them and heal them. Instead of chucking a band-aid on them, instead of saying, oh no, I'm fine, I'll be all right, and not allowing God to tend to them, ripping that band-aid off and saying, God, here I am. Have your way. Do your work. And in those seasons, it's more painful. In those seasons, it's more challenging. In those seasons, there's greater uncertainty because we can't trust in what we used to trust in. But in those seasons, what it can do, it can drive us into the very heart of God. It can drive us to a trust in God that we've never had before. A new day, a new thing, new wine requires new containers, requires new wineskin, 
one that won't tear or burst, but can stretch and flex and remain strong. So we've got to ask ourselves the question, are we stifling the old by holding on to the new? However beloved it may be to us, is it an attitude or a mindset? Is it a ritual, a belief, a style of worship, types of preaching, a particular sort of encounter, a particular sort of church experience, a way of doing fellowship and community that has really stretched to its limit and beginning to tear. And in this season of preparation for the new thing, there is where there's uncertainty, where we're surrendering control. Sometimes there is a tendency to hold on to what we can hold on to, hold on to what we've known, to hold on to the good old days. It's important for us to, to reflect on our language and our conversation, that if we're spending more time thinking and talking about the things God used to do, as opposed to the things God is actually doing and will do, Maybe we're holding on to the old. And so new discernment and wisdom is required to obey Him, to let go of the old and lean into the new thing He's doing. A new surrender in humility and repentance is required as we truly let go of control and trust God as our security and for our identity like never before. And a new boldness, a new courage is required in our service and our witness. There is incredible, fresh, continuous infilling of the Holy Spirit today and every day. Today and every day we have access to the river of life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every single day, you're not alone. You're not powerless. You can make godly choices because Holy Spirit is available. He is living on the inside, dwelling on the inside of every one of us and in filling us continually so that we can step out in discernment, step out in wisdom, step out in courage. New in filling, fresh in filling every single day. And in Christ, we're new creations. In Christ, we have a new identity. In Christ, we are being formed with a new character. And as we embrace the new day, as God continues to transform us, as we embrace this new day, the things we see, the things we're able to do, He will be the one who gets the glory. We're moving past a point where the church, a church, a particular church or a particular pastor gets the glory, has their name in lights. We're moving past that. We're kind of a bit sick of that. The world's a little bit sick of that. And so it's now time that Jesus gets the credit that He is due and that the church is continually pointing. Not look at me, look what I've done, look what I can do, but look at Jesus. Look at what He has done for us and for this world. Scott, why don't you come and tinkle, please, on the ivories. Mark says, we need His fire to come. We need His empowering presence to do what human strength cannot. We need His fire to come and cleanse us and purify us. 
accelerate our mission, our ministry and mission. We need His fire to smash strongholds and to take spiritual ground for the kingdom. Yet we also need His form to shape us. We need holy patterns to remake us in Christ likeness. Back to Isaiah 43, 19. Look, look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? There's such a strong sense in this scripture that the new is coming. It's springing forth. It's germinating. Even now it's sprouting up. You and I can take confidence that here, as we speak, a silent, certain, gradual growth of events in God's providence is taking place. He is working. He is moving. He is calling us near. Things that ended this year, He was in. Things that began this year, He was a part of. Things that He will do in the future, He's all over. He is fulfilling His promises and plans in us for us and through us. And so as we come to an end to 2023 and we peer around the corner to a new year, let us be aware that this new thing, that this new day, this new wine that is being poured out is already springing forth. We can see it. We can hear it. We can feel it. On Sundays, in Life Kids, at C3 Youth on a Friday, Wednesday night gather, in homes, on streets, in supermarkets. He is doing a new thing. So let us be filled afresh with hope. Breathe in hope today, wonderful people. Be expectant, wonderful people, that He will continue and He will bring to completion the work that He has begun. Let's pray. Just want you to consider for a moment what old garments, old wineskins, old attitudes, practices, perspectives, mindsets, has God asked us to lay down? I get the sense that even before today, God has, has been asking many of us, challenging many of us with some old ways of thinking and living. Holy Spirit, bring those things to our mind right now, to our consciousness. God, what are the things you are asking us to lay down? the old things in preparation for the new. Holy Spirit, illuminate. Show us. For some of us, it's going to be instantaneous. We're going to, yep. Exactly, I know exactly. For others, it's going to, take, it's going to be unfolding. And it might require over the next couple of weeks to, to spend some time meditating on those Scriptures. Isaiah 43, Revelation 21, Matthew 9, 
just to sit in those scriptures and say, Holy Spirit, show me what is my old wineskin? What is my old garment? What is the old thing that you're asking me to lay down in order that I can pick up the new? God, we ask right now for supernatural discernment. You give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Help us to clearly perceive the new thing you're doing and the old thing we're to let go of. God, we're asking for supernatural wisdom, not wisdom of this world, but wisdom from heaven. We're asking for supernatural wisdom, not just facts, not just information, not just knowledge, but knowledge in action, wisdom to know what is right and then how to live that out, God. Let a deposit of wisdom come upon hearts and minds today. We need it. We need it. And God, as we've prayed and said earlier, we ask that there would be a fresh infilling of hope today. A lifting of eyes, a lifting of heads. Regardless of the year 2023 has been, God, we thank you that as we step into a new year, you are our anchor of hope. You are faithful in your love and your deeds, in your words. And so let hope fill the place. Let, let hope be thrown around, be received. Let hope rise. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us again for this new day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.